Well, welcome everybody. Everybody good? Hey, you look good. Just believing over you that God is blessing you, blessing your businesses, blessing your ideas and inventions and, uh, and everything that he's put in your heart. Pray that today would be a blessing to you. Uh, today, we have a, a guest speaker. Chris Goodman is his name. He's, uh, he's been at Eagle Mountain for served there for 20 years. He's uh, had his own business where that he started since 2009. And they're in the uh, loan business where they've given out over 800,000 800, loans annually. And over that, over that uh, period, I think it's around 20 years or so, whatever the period was, 15 years. They've, done, they've, they've loaned out over $5 billion. billion. They, they're headquartered in Fort Worth. They have over 200 employees. And so he's got a lot of wisdom that he's going to impart to you today. But here's what I want to do as he comes up. Will you, uh, will you stand and stretch your hands out toward him? And let's pray uh, for him that God would, that we would draw out what you need that God wants to speak through him today. So Father, we, we thank you for this gift, Lord, today that you brought to us. And Father, we just, we, we uh, put a draw on him right now and his wisdom, the wisdom that you've given him through all these years, Father, we put a draw on it right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that even things that may not be scripted, Lord, but, but things that you would have him say that would help us here today. We thank you for it. And we believe by faith for it right now in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Give Chris Amen. Goodman a hand. Can you get, oh, it works. Wow, nice. Uh, well, thank you guys. What an honor and, and privilege it is to, uh, to be here with you guys today to share. Um, Dr. Savell has been a mentor to us and a father in the faith for many, many years. And so it's, it's really an honor and it's humbling to actually be in his church and to be able to speak uh, to some of his congregation. So that's exciting. Um, before we get started, I want to introduce my daughter who's here with me today, Courtney. She's a, a personal trainer, so if any of you guys are looking to get fit, get in shape, she's a nutritionist, hit her up before we get done out of here. So, um, well, again, my name's Chris Goodman, and I thought I would start by asking, how many of you guys actually own a business already? Okay, quite a few of you. How many of you are wanting to start a business? Good. So hopefully what uh, I have to share with you guys today will help you on that journey. It's been a, it's been a long journey for me. Um, God's taken me through uh, many trials and many uh, adventures over my political career. I'm 57 years old, which I was just reminded this morning. Thank you for that. Um, and so it's been a, it's been a long journey. I'm a, I'm a guy that uh, got married at 21 years old um, and so had to support a family and had kids shortly thereafter. Uh, Sandra and I, who's not here today, unfortunately she's in Florida with her mom, uh, just celebrated 37 years of marriage, 36 years of marriage, so that's exciting. So I was a baby and had to kind of figure it out on my own, and so God took us through a, a, kind of a, an incredible journey over the years, and it's, it's pretty exciting now to look back 
in each of the steps God's taken us through to get us to where we're at today. Um, as Eric mentioned, uh, we own a company in Fort Worth. It's called Open Road Lending. It's an auto finance company. We refinance auto loans for people that have gone to a dealership, gotten taken advantage of maybe at a dealer, and they come to us and refinance at better terms, lower rates, lower payments. And so that started with me. God downloaded a blueprint in me how to build this business. And I'm going to share with you guys the same things that he taught me through that journey so that you guys can get to that same level of excellence and, uh, and be able to achieve the same things. So um, let's go ahead and flip the first slide. Let's talk about marketplace ministry for a, for a second. Um, go ahead. Go to the next one. So what is marketplace ministry? Marketplace ministry is all of you guys. It's all of you guys that are not standing behind a pulpit. All of, the, all of you that are in business, want to be in business, uh, even those that are working for someone else, you have your own ministry in the marketplace. And so it's, it's being able to touch those individuals that wouldn't step foot into a church. And so it's your obligation as a believer to be able to witness to them and to share with them the love of God and all the things that come with that. And so that's an awesome responsibility. And so go ahead and flip to the next slide. So we'll, we'll talk about my story for, for, again, just a quick second. 36 years of marriage, baby shortly thereafter. My par- professional career was a disaster. Um, I didn't go to college. I didn't get a degree in college. Um, but God's blessed me through all of my pro- uh, professional career. I uh, looked older than I was when I was younger. I had gray hair when I was like 18, 19 years old. So I always looked a little more mature than I actually was. And so I had an opportunity to move up rather quickly in corporate America from a supervisory position uh, to a leader and eventually an executive with Citigroup and some other companies that I worked for. Um, But it seemed like every other Thanksgiving, these companies would go out of business. And so that happened actually three consecutive times uh, over a 10-year span where I would work for a corporation, love it, move up, start making decent money. And then they'd go out of business or they would sell to someone else who had a whole different vision for the business. And so that went on and on and on until finally I was at a crossroads really when we started this business in 2009 of what do I do? Do I go back to corporate America? I can clearly do that. I have many of opportunities, but I just think God wants more from us. He wants to do something more from us, with us. And so the Lord gave me a scripture to meditate on. You go ahead and flip to the next slide, which is Psalm 4610. We all know this scripture. Be still and know that I am God. And so I went through this period. I had uh, uh, my last employment ended. I was under an employment contract. So I had like 18 months of severance, which was kind of nice. And, uh, and I was three or four months into that and I was bored. My wife definitely wanted me out of the house. Um, and so I couldn't go play golf every day. And so, uh, the Lord just started talking to me about the scripture, be still and know that I'm God, be still and know that I'm God. And so I kept just meditating on the scripture over and over and over again. And I just never really got anything out of it other than be still and know that I'm God. And then he broke it down for me in such a way that, uh, it opened my eyes to a whole different level of understanding who God was. So he told me to break down the scripture into bite sizes. So he said, be still. And what does that mean? Be still means to stop talking, turn off your phone, stop commenting, listen to him, quit arguing, stop complaining, stop moaning, all these other things. So it's really easy uh, it, 
from my perspective, it was easy for me because I had been in the industry forever. I thought I knew everything. But God wanted to show me different things that, that maybe I didn't understand. And so for him, this be still and know that I am God, he was trying to show me that I needed to be quiet and let him do the talking. And so that's what the be still piece of that means. And then go on and know. Yeah, sorry about that. No, much better. Uh, And no, stop doubting, be confident, have faith. There's no second opinion needed. God's speaking. He's telling you what it is. So there is no second opinion, right? He is the ultimate authority. And so there's no no reason to listen to outside influence and outside noises. If God's told you to do something, that's the gospel. That's all you need to know. And And then finally, the last part, know that I am God. Go ahead and flip to the next slide. This is the piece that really was revelation for me. What is God? And what is God to me? He is almighty. He is in control. He is love. He is king. He is hope, my rock, my fortress. He's ever present. He is help in times of trouble. Boy, as a business leader, there are always times of trouble, right? We need to be able to tap into him on a regular basis to understand just revelation knowledge on how to get through certain situations. He's my father, my shepherd. He leads me, he nourishes me, he protects me, and he always restores me. So it was at that point in my journey, once I finally got the revelation of this, that I realized that God didn't want to put me in business. God wanted to be in business with me. And that's the key to a successful business. For any of you in this room that are starting a business or have a business already, the key is that he's got to be in business with you. Because if you're not, you're just out there in the world doing your own thing. But if he's with you, if it's Father and Sons Incorporated, then then you're at a different level. And, And there are things that are dependent on you being part of God and Sons that uh, are are in business with God that you're going to have to do that normal people in business don't do. But you're going to see tremendous blessings from that when that occurs. And so I'm going to take you through 10 principles that God's taught me over my 20 years uh, in the business, which I think will help you tremendously in your own business. And so we'll just start with uh, number one right now. So I'm getting an echo. Are you guys hearing that as well. Can you turn this down ever so slightly or can I control that? Ah, much better. Okay. So principle number one, know the order of things and work the order. Sounds complicated, but it's really not. Matthew six thirty three says, seek first the kingdom and then all things will be given unto you. The key is that we seek him first. Nothing else works if we don't put him first, right? Nothing works in our family. Nothing works in our finances. Nothing works in our professional career. It definitely doesn't work in our business unless he is first. Um, Eric's going to laugh at me. I'm going to take you through my daily routine. Monday through Friday, my routine's different from most people, right? So I, uh, my alarm goes off at 3.55 a.m. That's early. I'm up at 4. I do a devotion. I leave the house at 4.30. I go work out with my trainer from 5 to 6. He slaps me around quite often. And then home at 6.30, showered. And then at 7 o'clock, I'm on a call with several other businessmen that we pray over our nation. 30 minutes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings. And then I go to the office. And then the first 
30 minutes of my day in the office is in prayer. Everybody knows my calendar's blocked from 8 to 8.30. Don't bother me. My door is shut. And I'm seeking God to figure out how can I be most productive today? What do I need to do, Lord? Who do I need to call? Who on my staff is going to need me to minister them, to them today? Who's hurting out there that I'm not aware of? I've got 240 employees. It's hard to keep up with everybody that's going on now. Who is it you want me to make an impact to? What customer of mine is hurting that you want me to make an impact to? It's amazing to me how God will instruct me throughout the day to, um, you know, I'll know that I've got this laundry list of things to get done, but he'll organize it in such a way where I am most productive. Uh, for example, um, I may need to call Eric for, for something and he may not tell me to call Eric right now, but he'll tell me he'll, I'll, I'll feel that unction in my spirit at two twelve to pick up the phone and call Eric. Cause I know Eric's going to answer the phone at two twelve because that's what God's told me. I'm not going to call and leave a message, wait for him to call me back and all these other things. So God's directing those steps daily because I'm putting him first and he is laying all those things out for me. So that's, it's so important to understand that without that principle, nothing else works. Nothing else works as far as the prosperity piece of it, which is a great benefit for being in business for yourself. We're going to talk about that again in just a few minutes. But God has to be first for that all to make sense. Everybody get that? Um, okay, the key, the key in that principle is to really work smarter, not harder. Everybody's heard that before, right? But God can help you work smarter through this process because he's going to lay out the steps you need to take in order to achieve everything you need. Okay, principle number two. Always act with integrity. No exceptions. This is pretty simple, but it's also pretty big from a statement perspective. You know, we're believers. We're expected to do things the right way all the time. Even when people aren't looking, um, as a business owner, you have responsibilities not only to yourself, but also to your staff, to their families. You know, I, I, I joke that my business is my mission field. I've got 240 families that I'm responsible for every day. They're the people that work for me, but also their spouses, their children. And that's a big responsibility. So, you know, I don't want to do something that's going to screw that up, right? And so it's important for you to know as a business leader that integrity is the number one thing. I have partners that we do business with regularly that, that tell me, look, we do business with you because we know you're shooting it straight. You're not going to misrepresent anything. We know you're going to tell what you say is what you're going to do. Your word means something. And that is important as a business leader to know that that has to be the case. There's no exceptions. It's really easy to edge, you know, skirt the edges on occasion and maybe do things, you know, maybe on the edge, but it just, it's not worth it. Trust me. I've been there in that, in that spot where, man, the easy road could just be just so simple by doing it that way, but no, we're going to take the hard road. We're going to take the high road and do it the right way, the right time, every time. And so that's the key. Okay. Um, in Proverbs, tw- uh, just, just to give you a scripture reference for that, Proverbs 4, 25 through 27 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you, give careful thought to the paths that your feet, and be steadfast in your ways. Okay, um, you know, it, 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 our, our destiny unfolds by, based on the decisions we make today, right? And so that's why it's so important. That everything we do, we do with integrity. Okay, principle number three. This is one of my favorites as a business leader. And this is something that's going to set you apart from everybody else 
uh, in your industry. And that's to always, always, always go the extra mile. Um, It's so important for you as a business to be different from other businesses just like you, right? And so what does it take to go? What does that mean to go the extra mile? Um, Going the extra mile is doing the little things that that, uh, others don't do, honestly. It's... um, it's picking up the phone and calling a ticked off customer and finding out what did we do wrong? What can we do better? Help us build a better business by telling us how we can do things better. It's, it's picking up the phone and thanking your customer for their business. It's sending a card. It's, it's just little stuff um, that just sets you apart from your competition. People want to do business with people they like. And that's the key, right? And so... Think of yourself as a consumer. You don't really want to go into a beauty shop or you don't want to go somewhere with, and do business with somebody that you just don't really want to be around, right? And so that's, that's the key in any business is that you've got to be able to set yourself apart where people remember you. An interesting statistic, and I thought uh, Justin was actually going to say this this morning, which I thought maybe he'd read my notes. But um, uh, a happy customer will tell two friends. They'll tell one family member typically and one friend about what a great experience they had. But an unhappy customer will tell 15 to 20 people. And so it is critical that even if it's a bad experience, customers, I mean, we get people that complain to us, not all the time, but a lot. Um, But they're amazed that I personally, the president of our business, calls them and says, hey, Tell us what we did wrong. How can we make it better? I know we didn't do it right for you, but how can I make the process better so that we don't make these same mistakes again? And it's amazing how you turn that really ticked off customer into somebody that says, wow, I'm impressed that you would just take the time and just listen to me. And that's really what they want, right? They want somebody to listen as to why they're not happy with this or that or whatever the case may be. So that's, it's such a critical uh, piece to be different than everybody else. Matthew 5.41 says, if someone forces you to go with him one mile, go with him two miles. And so the Lord tells you to go that extra mile already in his word. And that's what it means from a business perspective. Okay, principle number four. The golden rule works if you work it. And this is so good. Think of others first. That's really what this is all about. It's uh, just basic 101 Put yourself in the consumer's shoes. What does the consumer, what do you want as a consumer? You know, you want to be, you want good service. You want to be treated kindly. You want to get a good uh, value from the dollar that you spend. All of those things are critical. All of those things are important, right? And so that's exactly what this principle talks about. Put yourself in the consumer's uh, seat and treat them the way you would want to be treated in that same position. When you think of the customer first, the customer is going to think of you first the next time they want to do business. And so that's important, right? And so it's all about repeat business. You don't have to spend all those marketing dollars on those repeat customers because they've already come in. They've experienced your process or experienced uh, your business and what it's all about. And so it's important that those customers come back to you again and again. And so you want to treat those customers special. Again, you're just setting yourself apart, treating them differently than what they're able to be treated by the next guy right next door. Luke 6.31 says, do unto others as you would do unto you, as you would have them do unto you. So it's pretty simple, right? The Lord tells us that's what we're supposed to do in life. It's also what we're supposed to do in business. Um, Customers don't, companies don't think of their customers, uh, 
Companies that don't think of their customers will not be thought of by their customers. It's an important statement there. So, you know, companies that just are all about dollars and cents and don't really care about the consumer and all that other stuff, one, they're not going to be in business very long. Uh, Is all of the cheers are in business know that? Treating the customer, the customer is really what it's all about. And so um, it's, it's so important to understand that from a, just a professional perspective that, um, you know, those customers are everything. You know, you don't have customers, you don't have a business. And so you've got to have customers. And so it's important that you treat them uh, special when they do come in the door and do business with you. Okay, principle number five. This is a great one. Focus on profit with a purpose. Man, this is so good. This is... Um, you know, first of all, if you don't make a profit, you don't really have a business, right? And so you have to make a profit to earn to, to make a business. But what is that profit going to be used for? It's not just to buy yourself a nice house and a fancy car. That's part of it. God wants us to prosper. But what are you going to do in the kingdom with that profit? That's the key. That's why God's given you this idea. That's why God has laid this business on your heart. This is why God has shown you how to build this business and how to set yourself apart from everybody else. It's to generate profit that's going to further the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. It's not about you buying a fancy house, you buying a nice car, getting to play the really nice golf courses. That's that's all part of it. But it's what are you going to do to further the kingdom? God wants to prosper you so that you can prosper others around you. And so that's important. It's so key. Um... For, for that to take place, you know, one of the biggest blessings I've ever had as a business owner, we, we actually started the business in 2009. We sold a portion of the business in 2021 to some private equity holders. We sold 70% of the business to them. And when that transpired, I had the opportunity to take some of my employees that had been with me since the very beginning and just overwhelmingly bless them. And it was, uh, I'm about to get emotional about it right now, just thinking about it. Um, I took my top 20 employees that had been with me from the very beginning, through the rough times, the hard times, just the grind that was taking place as we were trying to get the business off the ground. And I blessed each one of them with a $50,000 bonus. And, uh, and, and the stories and the, the tears and the emotions that took place during that 24-hour period where I got to sit down one-on-one and just tell them how much I appreciated them and how much I love them and how much I appreciate all their hard work and all the things they've done. And to hear that, um, you know, one story, my brother passed away. I've been taking care of his child. I didn't have the money to put him in private school, but this is going to pay for his education for a whole year in a private school to, uh, to, we bought my, I bought, I was able to buy my first house because now I have a down payment, just story after story. And that's what makes God smile. Right. And that's what it's all about. I could have just kept all the money myself, but that's not what God wanted me to do. I knew that I knew when we, when we made this transaction, it was not only to, to do things further in the kingdom through all the ministries we support and all the other things that we do personally, but it was also to make an impact on all those around me. And so not only did we were able to bless them financially, but we also gave them an ownership in their business as well. So part of the uh, negotiations we have with the private equity company is that we were able to take 10% of the equity in the business and share it amongst all of our employees. So our business is now completely owned by our staff, which is pretty exciting, kind of fun. So profit with a purpose, it's so, so, so important. And so 
you need to know what that purpose is because you need to know why you're getting up every day and why you're busting your tail and working, you know, 12 hour days that, that you're doing that for a reason. And so you need to know what that reason is. You need to have that passion burning inside you so that you know exactly what it is that you're getting up for every day and working towards. Mark 8.36 says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Right? It's all about furthering the kingdom. That's what, that's what we're here for. That's what God's called us to do, right? Fellowship and to further His kingdom. And that's what it's all about. Okay, principle number six. Well, we're actually getting through these much faster than I thought. Um, be laser focused and make your yes mean yes and your no mean no. There are, there's not one thing that's going to turn off an employee or a customer or a partner um, that you're just wishy-washy on your decisions. They need leadership. Your staff needs leadership. Your family needs leadership as a parent. They need to know that you're leading them. Uh, but your business needs that as well. And so you've got to be able to make a very firm yes and a very firm no. Don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to say yes, but mean it when you say it. And that's the key. Um, you know, I can tell you tons of stories about where early in my career, I was a little more wishy-washy than I got later on once I got a little bit more mature. But, you know, when you're starting your professional career in your mid-20s and you're kind of supervising people, and I had no clue how to supervise people, I kind of winged it. And, and uh, I learned early on that, you know, I was struggling getting my staff to, to really get behind me and support some of the things that I wanted to do. And I came to the realization of this. The Lord showed me that, look, you need to, you know, just like you need to have integrity all the time, your words need to mean something when you're making a business decision. It's hard sometimes to say no to opportunities. There's, there's tons of opportunities that come around. But, but sometimes the best opportunity is the one that you don't take. Because now you can stay laser focused on the things that God's told you to focus on. And so it's so important that you understand that as a leader perspective, from a leadership perspective, is that your yes means yes and your no means no. So make a decision, stand behind it, and understand the ramifications one way or the other. And live with the good and live with the bad. My decisions always aren't the best, mostly because I don't seek God when I make those decisions. Those are usually the ones that turn out bad. But um, the ones that turn out good are ones that, you know, I've seeked Him, He's shown me. And people say, why are you not taking this opportunity? And it's because God said that's not the opportunity we need to be taking. We need to be right here laser focused on what we're doing. And so um, there's a great book called Good to Great. I'm not sure if you guys have ever read that. But it talks about do the things you do well and stop doing all the other stuff. You know, you need to be a company that is laser focused on what it is you do, be the best at it, and stop worrying about all the noise around it. Uh, Jesus gives us a secret to leaders in Matthew 8, 5, 36, and 37 and says, Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. Wow, that's pretty scary. Um, and so the power to say yes and no is not something you should take lightly as a leader either, as a business owner. I mean, you need to spend time in prayer about all the decisions. We talk about seek Him first. 
That's the key, right? If you're seeking Him first, you know some of those decisions that need to be made. You're seeking Him regularly to try and figure out what it is you need to do, what direction our business needs to go, what what partner do I need to call today to see if I can drum up some more business, whatever the case may be. Those are critical things. And so if we're seeking Him first, it's really easy to be laser focused on our yeses and our noes because He's helping us make those decisions, right? Okay, principle number seven. This is probably something you guys have heard, I don't know, a million times in this church, but uh, maybe, maybe a million one. You have to trust the laws of sowing and reaping. This is so good. Um, clearly, you're listening to the master of sowing, not listening to me, listening to Dr. Savell being the master of, uh, of sowing and reaping. It's in your DNA at this church. And so this should not be something we spend a lot of time on. But 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, Whatever you sow sparingly, you also reap sparingly. What you sow uh, bountifully, you will reap bountifully. It's, it, it, it comes back to the profit with a purpose, right? And so all the little seeds you're sowing, not only, you know, I, we told our kids growing up, you want good friends, you sow friendship to somebody. You want to, you know, you want to have good friends around you. You better sow. There's going to be somebody that needs a friend sometime. You need to sow that into them. And so it works the same way in everything. And everything works on sowing and reaping. Everything, uh, friendship, uh, financial, uh, learning, it, just anything you can imagine is all about sowing and reaping. It's in the Bible. It's a tried and true principle that's been around from the beginning. It happened before. Uh, Many of these other principles were ever introduced in the Bible. I probably should have ordered this slightly differently. But it's, it's all about trusting God to understand the sowing and the reaping aspect of it. So again, it's not just financially. It's not the things that you're sowing financially. It is, uh, it's the things that you're doing professionally, that you're sowing into your business, that you're sowing into your staff, you're sowing into your families as, as parents. Uh, you know, your children, the time that you spend with your children. You're sowing that to get that back. Uh, you know, I, I would be uh, not honest if I said that my relationship with my daughter has been a bed of roses forever. She did go through some teenage years that were try- some, somewhat trying as a parent. And I'm sure many of you have had t- teenagers. Um, but, but, and now she's making me pay for it by working out every day. You're right. Um, but, but there came a time post-college, she got mature and she realized that maybe mom and dad weren't the dumbest people in the room. And, uh, and so we began to, you know, establish a relationship and now we have a great relationship. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off track, but, um, just came to mind. So, um, the key is that the harvest that you're sowing today, uh, the harvest that you're reaping today are all based on the seeds that you've sown in the past. So you need to sow towards your future. That's the key in this principle is that see yourself five years from now. You should have, every person in business should have a three-year, five-year, ten-year business plan. Where do you want to see your business in three years? If you can't see where you want your business in three years, you're never going to get there. You have to see it. Have to, have to, have to see it. You have to see it in five years. You have to see it in ten years. That's the way you build towards it. That's the way you sow towards it. And then you're able to reap all those rewards from that. So does that make sense? Everybody get that? Okay. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here about seed time and harvest. Okay, number eight. Probably my favorite. Believe and ask for the impossible. Uh, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 in the Passion is just an awesome translation. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. 
He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo all of them from his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that raises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifested through the time and eternity. Amen. God wants us to be dreamers. Um, he wants us to think outside the box. You know, when we were, when we were just praying over our business, what do we do? Do we sell the business? Do we keep the business? Um, and I felt as though the Lord said, no, it's time. It's time for you to, you know, step back a little bit, sell part of the business. Um, and so then we thought, okay, well, let's do that. Now, now what? I don't really know how to do that. So we hired a company that came in and helped us. And, and the Lord shared with me what we should sell the business for. <laughs> and, uh, I laughed actually the first time he said that. And, um, he said, this is the number. And so, uh, I said, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I don't, I can't equate to that. I can't make that all that math work in my head. And he said, no, I, th- this is it. This is the number. And so we told the, the, the firm that took us to market saying, you know, we're not going to sell for less than this number. It's just, this is the number it's going to take. And so they also left. And, uh, and, and we went through, we went through a process of doing due diligence and we put this fancy deck together. And so we actually interviewed 23 different companies that wanted to invest in our business. And that was a painful process. Um, but we knew, I knew that God had directed us to do business with people of like mind, right? And so we didn't want to just sell to some Wall Street guy that's out there that's going to gut the company and doesn't care about his employees or anything else. We wanted somebody that was a believer, that believed the same way we did, that's a tither, that stands on the Word of God for their business decisions. And so it was a pretty grueling process for us. We went through interview after interview after interview. And we just thought, maybe there's not anybody out there like that in the Wall Street world that actually is a believer and that actually believes the way we are. And uh, we had gone through this. It was a 15-month process. We'd gone through this. And we had pretty much said, this is not out there. We're going to take the business off the market. We're going to just keep running the business. God's going to continue to bless it. And then we'll figure it all out. And in the 12th hour, somebody that had submitted a bid, a, a blind bid, everything was a blind bid, and then we were going to pull in the, the final three and interview them and figure out who was the right partner. And uh, in the last hour, somebody came through that had made a very low bid and picked up the phone and called me and says, we'd like to fly to Fort Worth and meet you. All this is typically taking place over Zoom during COVID and all that mess that was going on. And I said, sure, come on in. And so they're a New York firm, fairly, relatively small private equity firm. And he says, you know, I don't know why, but there's just something that attracts us to your business. There's something about you. There's something about your leadership team. There's something about your staff. We just love this business. We don't know anything about the business. We just love the business. And, uh, and so we, we met for several hours talking about vision and some of these other things that were important. And they said, you know, I know we made an offer before, but, but here's our final offer. And it happened to be to the penny the number that God gave me. And, um, 
And so I knew right then that that was the right one, right? And so we prayed about it. We knew that they were the right partner. And we're three years into this deal now. And so, and they've been fantastic. They don't know anything about our business, which is good and bad. Um, but so they ask a lot of questions, but, but it's gotten to the point now where they, you know, trust us. They know how we run the business. They know that our leadership, how, what our leadership style is. And it's been a great marriage, so to speak, to this point. And so, um, just trust the process. Trust God's going to give you the right words to speak at the right time. He's going to send the right people in your life, in the path of your business at the right time to do things. You know, you may think that you should be a $100 million business today, but you may not be ready to be a $100 million business today. And so you need to trust God's developing you through this process and developing you along the way to get you to a point where you can handle more. You know, the, the word says that you have to be faithful over a little and show your, show your trust, show that you believe in him before you can expand into something larger and larger and larger. And so when we, when we started this business, it was me, me and God, you know, we're one-on-one here, dude, you know, help me, show me how to do it. I knew that he had given me a plan. He had downloaded this business plan into me over a four day period of time where I was just meditating on his word. I was totally away from everybody else, no distractions at all. And I was just praying and just seeking his wisdom, you know, show me, Lord, what do you want me to, what do you want me to do with my life? I had no idea he was going to tell me to go start a business. Um, you know, what do you want me to do with my life in this next phase? And when he downloaded all this in me, one, it was super overwhelming because I had no experience to, to run an organization the size it is today. But he's developed me over the 13 years to get to this point, right? When he started, it was me and him. And we're just, I'm conversing with him. You show me the way, show me how to, who to hire, how to raise capital. What do I need to do to, to start this business and, and move it along? Um, and over time, he's brought the right people in that uh, have different skill sets, different expertise than I have. And it's, it's put together a pretty cool puzzle that God's built that fits really nicely in what we do. You know, to Eric mentioned, we've, we've lent out over $5 billion. Not a single penny of it's been our money. We're lending out somebody else's money, which is kind of nice. And we're just kind of skimming off the top and taking a little juice off of every transaction we make. So it's just a cool way that God showed us how to do this. And so, um, and so that's the key. The key is that uh, ask for the impossible. It's, uh, it's doable. God's going to lay it in your heart. The key is to spend time with him. He's going to show you. He's going to show you the ways. He's going to show you what those end results will be. When he said that we were going to sell our company for what we sold it for, I laughed. He laughed. He laughed and I laughed. We all laughed. Um, but now we're all laughing because it actually happened. So, wow, that's pretty cool, God. So, so I did have the last laugh. Thank you for that. That was good. Uh, okay, so... Eric always keeps me on my toes. Okay, number nine. Improve your team to improve your organization. Many of you guys are entrepreneurs. You're self-employed. You are the only employee. So to improve your your team means you have to improve yourself, right? So you need to be developing yourself. You need to be learning. If you're not learning, you're going backwards. Always, always, always you should be learning something. Uh, Whether you're listening to a CD, whether you're reading a book, uh, you know, one of the disciplines that my daughter actually taught me is that uh, to read 10 minutes a night before you go to bed. You realize that that's 3,600 minutes of reading. You can read five books by just reading 10 minutes at night before you go to bed. 
It's amazing what you can learn. I love leadership books. She hates them. Um, right? Uh, so I, I, like, I love John Maxwell. He's probably one of my favorite guys. I, I read a ton of John Maxwell. I'm, I'm constantly learning how to be a better leader so that I can teach my people how to lead their people better. So, and, and as a leader in an organization, you're a leader at home, right? You're a dad. You're a mom. Uh, you're a big sister, a big brother, whatever the case may be. So the, everybody's a leader. And so uh, it's important whether you're in business or not that you're developing your leadership skills through this process. And so you need a team around you that's going to inspire you to be a better leader. That's the key, right? And so, um, you know, there's, there's many times where I'll um, see people that are super qualified, but they just, as I, as I spend time praying about it, they just don't feel like they fit our organization. And so I'll pass on somebody that may be super qualified to somebody that just has a burning desire that I do to further the kingdom, develop people, do all those other things. And those are the right fits for our organization. They're not, it's not the guy with the PhD or this or that. It's the people that have the same passion and the same vision that we do that can, we can then gain momentum by running the same path together and making things happen. So that's so critical to that piece. Um, uh, let's see. Let's do a scripture reference right here. So Ephesians 2.10 states, You are God's workmanship who has been created to do good works that God has prepared in advance. And it just reminds us that we have to be prepared. You know, if we're going to lead an organization, we have to be ready for everything, right? Because you just don't ever know what's going to happen. Every time I walk into the office, it feels like there's a different crisis going on. And so, uh, and as a leader, you just have to be prepared for that. And so if you're not developing yourself, teaching yourself uh, those things, then then everything's a crisis, right? I, I tell my people when they come into my office with a problem, don't come to my office with a, just a problem. You, you need to have three solutions thought out because I want them to think. I want to develop them. And so we may not choose any of their three. We, we may choose what I decide, not what they decide, but, but at least they've thought about it and we talk about it and we debate it and say, you know, this is a good idea, but... Here's where I would take it. And so it gives me an opportunity to develop my team, but it also makes them think as leaders too because I'm trying to develop the next level of leaders throughout our organization. We can't grow any bigger unless I have people to lead them, right? And so I need leaders that are, have the same mindset that I've developed and kind of molded the way God has molded me to, uh, to, to do things a certain way. So it's so important for you to do that. Okay, last one. Um, principle number 10. Work towards well done and always, always, always give God the glory. It is all Him. He owns everything. Um, He is the possessor of it all, right? And so it's so key that He gets all the praise and all the glory for everything. You know, we celebrate a lot at our business every time we hit new milestones, every time we do this or do that. Um, and I'm always talking about how great God is. And my team knows that too. They'll come in and say, oh, God was good today or whatever the case may be. I mean, just always those things because we want to make sure that we don't lose sight, that we can't do what we do. We can't be where we're at. We can't achieve what we achieve without him. And it's all his. It's his, it's his knowing. It's his revelation knowledge that helps us maneuver through economies like there are today, right? So we're in a stressful economy, but you know, our business is thriving. It's thriving like it's never thrived before because we're center laser focused on God. He's showing us how to maneuver all these crazy interest rate hikes and all this other mess that's going on in the world. 
And, and he deserves all the glory for that. It's not because I'm smart. It's because he's smart and he's shown me how to do it all. And so that's, that's so important for any, not only your business, but for everything, right? So he should get the glory for your family and your house and your car and all the possessions you have. It's all his anyway. So uh, it's, uh, it's, just a, it's a, just a super strong principle to, to stand behind and, and stay focused on. Um, and so just remember that excellent work is eternal work, right? And so everything you do today is not something that you're just going to leave in this world behind us, right? We're all going to be working in heaven. It's not, we're not just going to be at the country club, by the way, right? So uh, I know some of you are disappointed, Eric, that you're not going to play golf every day in heaven. But, I mean, we're learning things today that can be used eternally, right? And so it's important that we don't lose sight of that fact uh, as we're trying to get through and, and understand uh, everything that we're doing today. A Christian leader is to practice excellence at all times, at all situations. So it's just important to know that. Um, okay, I'm going to open it up for a couple of questions. Is that okay? Um, we'll see if uh, I do my best to answer them. And I'll come up for this part to, oh. in case I need to rescue you. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> yes, ma'am. The book that you mentioned earlier? The, oh, Good to Great. Jim Collins is the author. From Good to Great. Jim Collins. Here's a question. Uh, you talked kind of more at the end of your journey now, how you're going to sell the business. Maybe, maybe for those that are starting businesses now, tell us a little bit about how you got started. Uh, yeah. What's that? What did you say? Practical. Yeah. How, how you started. Um, great question. So, um, you know, when, when God kind of downloaded this business plan into me and so that we kind of understood what it was that God wanted us to do, um, we knew we didn't have any money, so we had to figure out how we were going to start this business. And so, um, the Lord started to show me, uh, opportunities to raise capital, not traditional ways, not where you're going to a private equity company to raise capital. But we're an auto finance company, and so the Lord said, you know, consumers that finance cars uh, sometimes buy extended warranties, um, sometimes they buy automobile insurance, and so why don't you go and see if there's a, a auto insurance company or an extended warranty company that wants to expand their reach of consumers? And so we did. We started beating on doors and come to find out we found two angel investors that invested a million dollars each in our business. It took two million dollars to get our business started. And uh, they invested a million dollars each. And when they did that, they took equity in our business, which freaked me out a little bit. But they owned each of them owned a third of the business up front. So they owned a third. Each of those angel investors owned a third. And then me and my 12 leaders each owned a portion of a third. Um, and we structured it in such a way that when we paid them back their capital, we could buy back our equity. And so, which ultimately we did. And so, uh, what ended up happening is it, at the time of sale, they actually just owned a third of the business and the leadership team owned two thirds. And so they never had controlling interest. They never could make the day-to-day decisions, but it was just a way that we could go out and raise capital without giving the whole business away. Um, and that was the key for us to be able to, to do that. Yes, ma'am. Um, 
Yes, we were. Um, we were totally debt free when we started. Well, other than the million dollars that we borrowed from the two angel investors, we owed two million dollars. So, but um, but that we we had put a business plan together. And we knew that it was going to take, based on our run rates and all these other things, it was going to take $1.8 million of capital before we turned a profit. Uh, we had put a business plan together, and we kind of had that in our mind because that's how God had shown us how we would do this, how we would grow the staff over time, how we would build out technology. And, uh, and at $1.83 million, we turned a profit, and, uh, and we started paying back our investors at that point. And so that happened in like 16 months. It was quick. And so it, it was super fast. God is all about accelerating. So we started this business in, in November 2009. By uh, May of 2011, we were profitable and have been ever since. So, so when you said that you were going out and talking to these extended warranty companies, so you said you were beating the streets. What? Tell us a little bit about that experience and and people that you were talking to. And, and obviously it was through that, that you ran into these angel events. Yes. Investors. First, it wasn't fun. So let me just be really clear on that. Um, you know, we basically put together a pitch deck. So we're selling ourselves, Hey, we've got this great business idea and, uh, here's what it is and here's what it means to you business owner. And here's why you should invest in me. And, uh, and that's a process where we're in front of decision makers at these large companies Come to find out, many of them are based in Dallas-Fort Worth, which was nice and convenient. And, uh, and we just got in front of their executive team and said, hey, look, we've got a business idea for you. You invest in us. We're going to deliver to you guys more product because we're going to sell those products on all the loans that we make. And, uh, and that was the way the process took place. And so we put together a 10 or 12-page pitch deck. Here's who we are. Here's why you should trust us because we're nice guys. Not quite like that. Um, but, uh, you know, here's our experience. We've been around this business for a long time. We've made a lot of people a lot of money. Now let us, let's make you a lot of money, basically. And so uh, that's the pitch deck that we put together. We did some mock-ups of our technology that was not built yet, but we made it look like it was built. And, uh, and, and so we just got in front of the right audience, and uh, the third and fourth person that we talked to actually invested. So um, it actually happened relatively quickly. Because God directed us there. Uh, we knew that, um, you know, there were much bigger players out there in the market, but we felt like God wanted us to deal with kind of a middle market company, someone that's kind of middle size, because we thought that they would get it, you know, more so than the big behemoth guys. And so uh, we focused on trying to find people that we thought could relate to our story and that were looking for diversification. So, um, and that helped us go out and raise the capital that way. Good question. Yes. Yes, uh, I'm John. Um, hey, John. Just advice. So this is my fifth year in the car business. Okay. Um, I started at 19, now I'm 29. Okay. So I'm actually leaving the car business, but okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I'm leaving the car business, and uh, I'm starting into a refinance company like yours. Okay. So this is why I attended here, you know, kind of get some advice. But what would you advise me? I feel like it's different from retail into now transitioning to I'm going to be working from home, but working for a company like yours. Okay. Any advice on that? Who are you going to work for, just out of curiosity? um, Auto-proof. Okay. Um, First of all, I was also in the car business. I paid my way in the early days of my marriage as an F&I manager at a dealership. So that's kind of how how I learned the business. So, um, 
it's different. You're going to be in a little culture shock, right? Going from full retail where you're, you know, first of all, you're working 30 hours a day or whatever the case may be a dealership to now working from home. So it's going to take a lot of self-discipline. Um, you know, you got to, nobody's going to tell you to get up every morning and go to work. So you're going to have to pick up the phone and do it yourself and, and get motivated. I assume you're going to be calling on customers trying to sell refinance loans and yeah, so you're selling products so you're doing exactly what we're doing. So um, yeah, I think the, the key for you is to, uh, you need to make sure that you're um, laser focused on what you're trying to achieve, that, uh, that you can uh, get up every morning with a goal in mind. You know, I'm going to make X amount of calls. I'm going to close X amount of deals. I'm going to talk to X amount of customers. And, uh, and then from there, you just need to make sure that you stay on the plan, right? And so seek God. God will show you some shortcuts. He'll show you some ways to do things better, efficient, more efficient. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, I don't know, 130 loan, what we call loan care agents, which is basically what you're about to be doing. Um, and those that are believers that are laser focused and do the things that God shows them are the superstars in our business. You know, they make the most money. They also work the fewest hours, uh, because God's given them a plan how to do it easier and faster and better. And so that's, that's the key in any business, right? And so he's, he's going to help you achieve more because he's just smarter than we are. Right. And so he can, he can see everything, right. He knows, he knew when he created the earth that today I would be right here speaking to all you people. So he, he just knows all that. And so why not seek him? He's the guru. Um, and so if we seek him and keep him center and forefront, then, then everything else gets easy. Great question. Welcome to the industry. If you don't like those guys, call me. (laughs) Yes, sir. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm very basic, but you said that down that God downloaded this plan to you. Yes, sir. Okay? I hear people say things like that. Exactly what were you doing then, and how did he do this to you? Yeah, great question. I mean, how, 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 did, how, did, how, did, you, how did you know, Yeah. okay, I'm doing this, but now I'm going to be doing this? Yeah, great question. So um, for me, it may be different from everybody else, but for me, I was, I was in a time where I was just meditating on the word constantly. Cause I knew that God, I didn't know what God wanted me to do, but I knew he wanted me to do something different. And so I knew, you know, I'd been in corporate America forever, not forever. I'm not that old, Eric. Um, I, I had been in corporate America for a long time and I, I just felt like God wanted us to do something different. And so we had been tremendously blessed in our professional career when I worked for large companies, but I just thought God wanted us to do something more. And so, uh, you know, I had gone through this period where I was under contract. So I had this large payout period. So I kind of had the leisure. I didn't have to work really hard to try and figure out what to do. But I knew God wanted me to spend time with him. And so I had done that. And I had committed to do that for two weeks, nothing else, no interruptions. Two weeks, just me and God. So I get up in the morning. I'm praying. I'm meditating on the word. I'm studying the word. I'm reading the word. I go to bed, get up the next morning. That's my job for two weeks. And, uh, and I got about 10 days into it and God woke me up in the middle of the night, three 30 in the morning. And I always have a notebook by my bed. I always do. Because if God wakes me up and gives me an idea or some business thought, I want to write it down before I forget it. And so, uh, this, this morning he woke me up at three 30 in the morning and he just started telling me about this business and how to lay it out, how to structure it, how to raise the capital, what employees I needed to start day one and what I needed to be focused on by day 365, what the organization needed to look like. 
And I took pages and pages and pages of notes that he just poured into me over this period of time. And, and looking back now, I still have those pages and it's kind of, I get overwhelmed every time I go back to that notebook and read them and to look at how God laid it out. And that's exactly the path we took to get to the path that we're at today. Uh, so he gave me all those foundational principles and, and how to, do we want to buy technology? Should we develop our own technology? I'm not a tech guy. I have no idea. But he brought me somebody that's a tech guru that built everything we have. Uh, we didn't buy anything off the shelf. We built everything custom. We d- developed everything in-house. And so that was a cool process for us. And so, But that's how it happened. So it may not happen the same way for everybody, but that's the way it happened for me. And that's the way he gave us uh, this business. Make Eric work. That's good. He needs the exercise. <laughs> so after you received the download of the plan, uh, what did you do as far as making sure that you weren't in fear or overcoming? Because you're going into something completely different, right? Yeah. So how did you um, work out or work through the fears or the unsurety or the doubt within yeah. yourself? Great question. Um, well, first of all, I spent the next couple of days crying and just praising God for what he had downloaded. We knew it was big. We didn't really know how big it was until we really started you know, taking it apart and understanding everything that he had downloaded. I was 100% confident that it was from God. And so that took the fear out right then. So I knew that I was laser focused studying on him and focused on him. And so when he poured this into me, I knew that it was of God. And I knew that if he gave me the plan, that he would also help me achieve it, right? So God's not going to give you something that he's not going to pay for, right? He's not going to tell you to go do something that he's not going to take care of. And so I knew that being a believer of the word and studying the word, I knew that with 100% confident that that download was from him. And so now I just need to be patient and seek him for the wisdom to accomplish it, to achieve it. And so that was the key. Make sense? Okay, you guys were easy. You guys didn't give me any hard questions. Yes, ma'am. This one's easy. Just on um, principle eight, what was the verse that you referenced for that? Uh, Let's see. Principle. Yeah, I think it was uh, 210. Oh, I'm sorry. Eight. No, no, yeah. Three. It's uh, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. In the Passion Translation. Got to read it out of the Passion. So good. Yes, ma'am. For principle 10. Scripture reference for principle 10. Uh, Colossians 3, 23, and 24. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Um, I don't have a question, but I just think this is awesome. It, it's inspiring. Like, I love your spirit. Thank you. It's so genuine. And it's, um, you know, I could totally see it. I could totally thank you. See, see it. Like, so I just thank you for being here and being transparent. Yeah, absolutely. Tell them what thank you, you do. Um, so I own a restaurant. It's called Main Dish Salad Company. Oh, I heard about that in church. I'm coming <laughs> yeah. over. That's why I said tell it. <laughs> well, that's the right name, Pastor Justin. I'm going to have to work, work with you. Right <laughs> He's um, giving a plug fail. to his own business. I know. Yeah, this is an over 20-year-old dream. The guy that's to, awesome. Mm-hmm, he brought to pass, um, actually, through the death of my son. So it's a pretty um, awesome testimony. But, you know, we're on the right path, and you're just confirming that. And Amen. so, thank you, and I appreciate these scriptures, and it's, yeah. it's really awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. 
And I'm, I'm happy to email. You've got a copy of it, so you can. Yeah. I'll give you. I'll send you the script. You can see that Chris is a, a very humble guy, and he's not somebody that would, you know, brag on himself. But this, what what he's done in the business world is, is absolutely huge. And you you mentioned the laser focus. Um, tell us a little bit about what y'all's laser focus was, and then how if. We in here have several things that we have our hands in the in the pot, so to speak. How do we narrow the, that down to be laser focused? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, for us, we knew that that God gave us this business to make an impact on people, right? And so, our business is such that we're taking people in a fairly bad financial situation and making the situation better. And so, we knew that's what God wanted us to do. And so, our motto is to do good things. For other people, that's that's the motto that we go by. So, open road lending, do good things for other people, and so, um, and and so for us, anything that doesn't touch that is is a distraction, right? And so, what can we do that's going to help people financially? We want to help people that are having hard times. Maybe they had a rough credit situation when they bought their car, so they paid a super high interest rate, but now they've improved their credit. And now they qualify for a much better interest rate. And so different from the auto-approved guys, we're focused really on the subprime customer. You guys are really focused more in the prime world. So we're really focused on the customer that's really had a rough time. And so these customers that come to us and refinance their cars are paying 25% interest rates on their car loans. So these are customers that are living paycheck to paycheck and just scraping to get by. And so God wanted us to to treat these people like normal citizens, right? And not, not just like a subprime person. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a situation. Everybody's got a reason why they're in the financial situation they're in. And so God wanted us to, to build this business in such a way that we could help customers just get in a better financial situation, better their lives, better their family situation. And so for us, uh, you know, not only do we do auto refinancing, but we also do auto insurance because we can lower customers' insurance payments, for their car insurance. Uh, we're, we're just, anything that we can do to help the customer financially. We're about to get into the personal loan business and some other products that God showed us what to do and how to, how to better the consumer experience. And so uh, for us, it's about a relationship. I can't tell you how many times we're on the phone with a consumer and we're praying with a customer that's going through a bad situation because God, we're not owned by anybody in corporate. God told us how to run this business. That's the way we're going to run it, period. And so God said that we can witness to people I don't have to answer to some boss that tells me I can't do that. I can do whatever I want to do. It's my company. So it's, it's my company and God's company. So if, if we feel the need and a customer's hurting and I can share story after story after story of customers just sharing, just pouring their hearts out to total strangers. But we use that as an opportunity to witness to them. And, and, and it's just a cool, awesome experience. Yes, sir. Yeah, great question. So um, the gentleman that built our technology actually worked for me in a previous life. He was a little bit of a tech guy, but he had a huge business background. He's a TCU grad. Um, and he moved. He was in New York working for some dot-com startup. And he moved here because his soon-to-be wife was graduating from TCU. And so anyway, he worked for me in a previous life. And uh, 
he was a good fit for us. He was a business guy with a propeller on top of his head, as I call him. He gets super insulted when I say that. So don't ever tell him I call him that. But, um, but we came to him with this idea that God had given us and said, look, I think you've got the skill set to build this. Here's what I need it to do. And so he played around with it for a couple of weeks and gave us some mock-ups. And, and we continued to evolve it over time. Um, but now it's a super sophisticated, state-of-the-art loan origination system that every lender that we do business with that we sell loans to wants to buy it. And we don't want to get in that business because we don't want to support it. And so um, we, uh, the original platform was written in .NET and uh, it's been rewritten now in C Sharp or whatever language it is. I have no idea. It's way over my head. Um, but uh, we've uh, now rewritten and we've actually hired a firm out of India that's actually rewritten all the technology. And so they manage the day-to-day. Our IT staff is two people. And so uh, we process, as Eric mentioned, about a million applications a year uh, through our platform. Um, we own all the technology. We don't have to pay anybody to process it and so it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm just going to guess that when you stepped out to possess your promised land, that there were giants in the land? Uh, a few. <laughs> um, can you just tell us an encouraging story? Because testimonies are just encouraging to hear because... Um, I, I'm just going to say it. I'm, I'm personally in a place where God told me to begin to possess the land. And I, I mean, this is all, I honestly, no insult to you. <laughs> I didn't want to come today. And the whole reason was because when they were talking about loans, I'm like, well, we're not supposed to take loans. You know, my perspective was like, and then someone said to me, no, we're supposed to be lenders. We're not. And I was Correct. like, oh, you're right. Thank you. You know, and this is just confirmation, so it's just God. But, um, you know, you do get challenged because there are giants in the land. Sure. And um, thank you for coming. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I had to, so just encourage us there as far as, you know, you, you do have to know who you are. And it's like you said, no fear when you know God gave you the plan. You just do what he tells you to do. Yeah, absolutely. But still, but there still are giants. <laughs> yeah. What giants did you overcome? Yeah, I mean, if, uh, if, if I were to say this whole process has been easy, I would definitely be lying to you. Um, you know, when, when God told us to step out and do this, there were, there were no businesses like ours today. Um, and so this was kind of a whole new business that God kind of poured into us. There were, there were some early adapters, some early players that had started this business 10 or 15 years before we got into it, but nobody really did it the way God showed us to do it. Um, and so we were going to be different and we knew that we were going to be breaking new ground in that process. And there were a lot of obstacles. Uh, first of all, nobody wanted to buy our loans. You know, we wanted to originate loans, but we don't know who you are. You're just some startup company. And why should we lend you any money? Why should we give you any money to loan out to anybody else? You're not a proven fact, blah, 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 blah. And uh, funny story, not so funny, kind of funny. Um, our very first lender that we, that we had on our platform was Anheuser-Busch Credit Union, <laughs> the beer company, yes. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri, we had stumbled on these guys, and we needed somebody just to prove the business worked. And so um, we met with those guys. The guy that actually ran the credit union was a believer. He and I hit it off really well. 
And, uh, and so they were our very first lender on our platform, but they enabled us to be able to build out the technology, to prove kind of concepts, to do a handful of loans to kind of show that we kind of do know what we're doing. And then from there, the barriers went away. It just got so much easier once we tackled the first beast, so to speak. Um, and once we got that wall knocked down, then, then it became easier. And now we have lenders calling us saying, hey, we want to be on your platform. We're not having to go out and market to all these lenders now because we're a proven entity. We've, we've originated and sold $5 billion in loans, so they all want to be part of that, that process. It is. Now, there's still giants out there. There's still barriers. I mean, we're wanting to launch into new products. We're wanting to expand into new markets and, and other things. And so, I mean, there's always going to be, if, if, you're not, if you're not learning, you're not moving forward, right? We talked about that before. But it's also, if you're not facing challenges, you're not really growing either, right? And so that's an opportunity to learn and to grow and to get stronger as a leader, as a, as a business owner. And so I want challenges. I, I, I get bored. I want to be able to figure out how to make this square pig, peg fit in this round hole. And so that's what gets me excited every day as a business owner is how can I figure out how to overcome this next obstacle? Because the enemy is going to keep trying to knock you down because he knows what you're going to achieve if you get to the promised land, right? And so the enemy's always going to be attacking. There's always going to be distractions. There's always going to be something going on. And so it's so important for you to stay laser focused on God because he's going to show you how to overcome that. He's going to show you where to shoot the dart to knock down that wall um, with precision versus you having to go around it and around it and around it for days and days and days. And so just stay encouraged. He's, the cool thing about God is he has a sense of humor. He, he reminds me of that often. And, uh, but he is ever faithful. And so if you seek him, with the right desires in your heart, he's going to be faithful and, and share with you everything you need to know. So it's that simple. Yes, sir. I think naturally of prioritization models, Kano, Moscow, etc. So how do you balance what God's telling you with also articulating it in prioritization models for your team to execute? Yeah, great question. So I, I talked about having a one-year, three-year, five-year, ten-year plan. Uh, we're constantly reviewing those as a business, as a leadership team. And so, you know, right now I'm focused on um, uh, trying to make sure we are achieving everything we set forth for 2023. We're now June, I guess, already into 2023. The year's half over. You know, where are we at with what we forecasted? Where are we at with where we projected that we were going to be and are we going to miss it? Are we going to beat it? Whatever the case may be. But I'm as an executive, as the executive leader, I'm focused on where are we going to be next year? What are we going to do the year after that? So that I can make sure that our people are positioned and ready to tackle that when the time comes. Right. And so if it just, if in 2024, we want to sell green Easter eggs, whatever, if I don't have people ready by 2024 to sell green Easter eggs, we're never going to sell them, right? And so I've got to have the vision to look forward as an executive leader to know where does my business need to be here, here, and here, and then how do I execute a plan to get there? And so it's kind of reverse engineering, so to speak. So does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I think a little bit more in the weeds what I see is a lot of executives are in the dream world. 
<laughs> and yes. when it gets into practice, like I work as a consultant, so I'm helping. I work with Fortune 100 company executives, trying to help them see that their okay. big picture vision for the next five years okay. isn't connecting with the people who work below them. And so a lot of times it's either due to lack of a clear set of yeah. priorities or it's, they're constantly changing the targets along the way. And probably, so, probably both. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it's just poor communication. That's I mean, it, I, exactly. am, I am 1,000% about open communication. My, yeah. I am an open book. So just because I'm the CEO of this business, everybody that works for me knows that they can come into my office at any time. We'll pray together. We'll talk about issues. We'll, we'll do whatever. Um, so, I want to be fully transparent to what's going on with my team and so on and so forth. So like as that. an executive, how can he uh, get other executives to connect to their people? Uh, it, it's about communication, right? It's relation. Everything is about a relationship. God wants to have a relationship with us. We need to have a relationship with our people, our teams, our, 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 our people that are working for us trying to achieve a goal, right? And so, uh, you know, I would encourage them to figure out ways to develop that relationship. Your people need to trust you or they're never going to come to you and tell you the truth. You know, one of the, one of the coolest accolades that we've gotten at our company, which I'm probably most proud of, is that for now seven years in a row, we've been a best place to work in the nation, like top 100 company in the nation. We've won it in Dallas-Fort Worth for 11 years, but now seven years in a row on a national level. And it's because people trust the leaders. They trust us because they know we're being fully transparent. We're 100% honest all the time. If the sky is blue, we're telling them it's blue. If it's pink, we're telling them it's pink. We're not sugarcoating it. And so they know that. They know when I speak or when one of my executives that work for me speak, we're telling them the honest truth. And so they trust us. And so when we tell them to go left versus right, there's a relationship there. And likewise, when they're not happy, they're going to tell us. They're not afraid that you know, the big bad wolf's going to come down on them. We want that open transparency so that we can continue to build and develop them and also make a better organization. Paul, what are some of the things that leaderships or leaders like yourself don't actually disclose truthfully about being a leader? <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, that's a good question. <laughs> I feel like maybe I shouldn't answer that. <laughs> well, like um, I said, we were voted best in the best place to work in Fort Worth. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, I'm fully transparent with everything except the financials of the business. Um, they do know financially kind of where we stand, how much money we make. I mean, we're fully transparent from that perspective. But the granular details of, I think it's important that they understand that we spend a million and a half dollars a month in payroll expenses. We pay for it. It costs us a million and a half dollars a month just to give you a paycheck every month. I think it's important that our team knows that because it gets them excited and motivated that, one, they work for a big company. But, two, they want to do things that's going to help better the business, right? Because the better the business, the more they make. And that's the key. And so I think, it's, I think transparency as a leader is the, probably the number one key to being a successful leader is – don't be afraid to deliver bad news, but don't be afraid to give good news either. And so um, it's not always rosy. I mean, there's always opportunities, there's issues, there's whatever. And so, but I think as a leader, I think is the more transparent you are and your team can see how transparent you are, the more they're going to respect you and the harder they're going to want to work for you. And that's really the key. And so I have a relationship with every one of my employees, some more than others, but they all know me. I wave, I talk to everybody every morning when I come in the office. I don't want to be some, you know, snooty CEO. I want a relationship with my people. That's what it's all about. And so I want to better them 
And in order for me to better them, they have to be able to talk to me. And so that's the only way you can learn. Yes, sir. Uh, what advice would you give someone who's kind of on a path from being a mediocre leader to an excellent leader? Uh, wow, good question. Um, I would read uh, – are you a reader? Okay. Are we talking about you specifically? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Full disclosure. <laughs> um, read John Maxwell's 21 Laws of Leadership. Probably my favorite book. It's so good. Um, in fact, my nephew is just visiting who is like 20, what is he now? 27, 28, 29? God, he's 29. Um, anyway, I just told him about the book when he was here a few weeks ago. It's a great book that will teach you leadership principles that uh, will give you a good foundation. It talks about relationships. It talks about uh, uh, full transparency. It talks about how to make hard decisions because they're not always easy, right? And so, uh, and there's a lot of hard ones. It's not just super easy every day. Close my eyes and wow, it's all just magic fairy dust. It's, I mean, it's hard stuff. And so, but it builds you a good foundation. That's a, that's a good place to start. He also has a really cool five-minute podcast every day. Just leadership stuff. I still listen to every day. I love it. So, Has this been good? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you for coming. You yeah. guys give him a hand. Uh, I'd like to ask you to stand. And uh, we, we prayed for him as we started. But I want to ask him to pray for you as the Lord directs him. And, uh, and to receive from you know, the anointing that God has put on him. Uh, for business and that you know anointings are transferable and can be imparted and so if you have faith for that you can receive uh, that for your life and who knows maybe some of you i i i feel this i feel the anointing right now maybe some of you will go to bed tonight and wake up at 3 30 you have your notebook your your notepad and your pen Beside your bed and get ready for God to talk to you. Yeah. This Amen. is the kind of this is the kind of faith that we need to walk out of here with. That God, if you if you did it for Him, yes. and you're not a respecter of persons, then you can do it for me. Amen. So pray over us. Absolutely, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to to impart into these people, Lord. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you that their minds are open. I thank you their hearts are open, Lord. And Lord, they're prepared and anticipating a download from you. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for the blessings that's over their lives. I I pray prosperity over their businesses, Lord. Every possession that they own, Lord. Everything that their hand touches will prosper. And Father, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. I, I call things into their mind that maybe you've given them ideas in the past, Lord, that they've forgotten about. But Lord, I just pray those to the forefront of their mind right now in Jesus' name, Lord. There are ideas coming back to them in this room, Father, that they had forgotten about, that you had laid down onto them years ago to move forward with. But right now it's coming to the forefront of their mind. Father, I thank you for courage. I thank you for boldness. Lord, I thank you that that you're giving them the boldness to step out and do things that the normal world would call foolish. I thank you that you're showing them the path and showing them the ways to accomplish things that only you can provide to them. And so, Father, I just pray over them. I pray over their families, all of their possessions, Lord. Bless them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You receive that today. Amen. Yay.
Hey, that was awesome. Wasn't that awesome? I just want to remind you of a few things before you leave here today that we will later today or within this week load this message up to our resources. I would encourage you to listen again and again. They're all on there all of this year's um, part of last year's are on there. It's just like in church when somebody steps up here to, to, to give you their keys to success. You know, those are things that God is speaking Especially in this room, kingdom builders. The people we're bringing before you are kingdom successful entrepreneurs. So they're going to speak as as they are inspired by God to speak. So there are going to be mysteries and secrets revealed while they're speaking. And if you will go back and listen, you'll hear things you may not have heard in here today that maybe you were distracted. So it's just like pastor in church. You didn't get everything today by listening to it once. Hopefully this week you go home and listen to this morning's message again. Right? And so that, that's how it gets in you. So if you want what Chris said today was success, you want to hear it his way again, get in there, listen to it over and over and over again until it becomes part of the way you think. Because he gave you 10 keys today. I guarantee you when he sat down to think about what he was going to speak in here today, he didn't think, what kind of fluff can I take up 45 minutes with? He sat down and he said, Lord, Let me recall what it was that you told me from the start that made me who I am. And he put those in 10 succinct steps for you. So we all want the practicals. Like, what what did you do practically? And I understand that too because I'm a practical person. But the bottom line is he did practically what God told him to do. (laughs) And so we can take his practical steps and think that's going to help us. But what he told you was, be still. Know that I am God. And so you've got to get with God yourself. You've got to give him time to, to do what God did for him. He's, God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for him, he'll do it for you. But you've got to give him the time that he gave God. So it starts there. And then God will download to you just like he's challenging us. But don't forget all the other things. Um, if you aren't currently in charge where you are, if you're not the boss, then take what you heard and do it as the employee. You know, you'll never be an excellent boss if you're not an excellent employee. And you'll never have excellent employees if you're not an excellent employee. Why? Laws of sowing and reaping, which was on the 10. So do take the list that he gave us today and work them wherever you are, because that's the way to success. That's the way to success. So um, he gave us great books to go along with this, but I can guarantee you, Before you start the books, if you'll go back to the 10 keys he gave you and think that's enough, or we sang a song this morning, Jaira, you are enough. If you will believe that that is true, that God will come through for you, that's what he's saying this morning, this afternoon, is that God will tell you what you need. If you will become serious that he is what you need, then he will be exactly what you need. Amen? Amen. And I know uh, from getting to know Chris and his family, his wife, Sandra, um, and, and Courtney, they're givers. We got to know them through uh, Dr. Savell's um, President's Cabinet, which is missions, basically a mission support group. And so I know that he lived, truly, this isn't a cliche, but they live to give. And they've, they've helped finance the kingdom of God, and that's a greater purpose. Like he was saying, if you can, if you can get up, if you if you really can, there's people that say, "Well, I live on ten percent and give ninety percent." 
You know, there's people that have that goal. But if you will get up and say, Lord, and I've even, uh, one, one year I made a deal with God. <laughs> and I said, Lord, anything over this amount, uh, I'll give back 50% of it to the kingdom. And do you know that that was a, a huge year? Well, I had a greater purpose when I went out and talked to people. It wasn't about what I could get from them, but it's about what I could do for them. And, and in order to do that, I was doing something for the kingdom. So I got a lot out of what he said today. He's a, he's a God-made man. And uh, I appreciate him coming. So you give them one more hand. And, uh, and thank you all for coming. Some of this was your first time. If this was your first time, raise your hand. Thank you all for coming your first time. Uh, October the 8th will be the next one. October the 8th, if you want to mark that down on your calendars. Uh, And uh, we hope to uh, hear some testimonies of what God's doing. Uh, If you do have a testimony, you can go in into the Church Center app and message us. And we'll get that out to the group. And so that's the kind of stuff that we need going. Like like what, what you were saying about testimonies. Is that we, we don't know those things unless you tell us. So you can go into the Church Center app and do that and, uh, so we can celebrate, uh, celebrate with you and believe for the same thing for ourselves. Amen. So have a great day, the rest of your day today. Uh, thanks for coming and God loves you.